Hello, friends. We have gathered today precisely to continue our conversation. We understand that it is extremely difficult for a modern human even to step on the spiritual path and to start putting the power of one's own attention not in those distractions which a modern world can offer him, but really in personal spiritual development. Why is it difficult? I would say, first of all, it is because of information awareness, mass media. Well, the life itself, it is too fleeting and too short. Plus, no one denies this any longer, that precisely the acceleration of time is happening. On the one hand, as we had 24 hours in a day, so they remain. And it seems as if not a single second is lost. But on the other hand, even children talk about the fact that time passes too fast. The flow of time and the recorded time intervals, when that thing we record with, it is located inside the system, it moves together with the system. And for it, these 24 hours with every every second are still preserved. But internally, we understand that acceleration, it plays a huge role, and all matter, it moves with acceleration. Naturally, this also affects the flow of time. And our 24-hour days, they're shrinking. It's enough to recall, in any case, Igor Vladimirovich and I definitely have something to compare with. How, let's say, time was flowing 40 years ago, and now, the difference is significant, but also many other people will note that now, even when a person expects something and this expectation should drag on, it still passes much faster than it used to. That's why the reduction in time, the physical time reduction, let's say, at the end of the existence of this world, it was described long ago. Much has been written about this, it was talked about a lot. Therefore, let's say, understanding all these conditions in which today's person exists, we try to somehow get the message across. In spite of the fact that we have told a lot, and already a long time ago, of what is happening today, and this is already observed and noticed by everyone, but when we told about it, it was not visible yet, at least through the window. Now it can be seen. But nevertheless, people are careless about this. We are not trying to scare anyone, not at all, not by some climatic changes. It would be, well, just unworthy of us in the first place, so we do not do this. But we are obliged to tell, at least to warn a little bit, those who are listening. It should be noted that today, a lot of people are listening to us. Many people are joining in, and this is also interesting. Alatra movement, the organization actually exists. Of course, it is the Alatra International Public Movement. The organization exists because people are united. It can also be called a community, each individual's movement in a spiritual direction, and, by the way, within their own religions. Here, there's only practice and real spiritual work on oneself, or as simple as doing something positive and good, meaning that which unites. We have a lot of participants of different faiths, and it's wonderful. The very fact that people, being in different religions, try to understand them. And today, the Universal Grain Project, which people have organized and which they are implementing, 
This is a wonderful project. Why? Because it allows many people to find those grains in different religions that unite them together. And I think Anichka will tell us about it a little. This really brings people together. Why? Because people begin to understand that humans are only divided by their consciousness. If it is removed, only love remains, freedom and truth remain. That sincere happiness remains, which is one for everyone. You cannot say it in any other way. And thank God that every day we have more and more people who understand this. When I first became acquainted with Alakro IBM, I realized that there are lots of people with good intentions all over the globe. These are people from various social units, people of different nationalities, different religious confessions and professions. In fact, everyone is so close and dear, especially when you start studying how much we have in common. The participants of Alatra TV all over the world implement a great number of interesting projects, programs which belong to completely different spheres. The Alatra International Public Movement is that new age that everybody has been waiting for. Debido a esto, todo lo que se realiza por el movimiento Alatra, eventos internacionales, conferencias. Del movimiento social internacional Alatra, vengono realizzati un gran numero di progetti. Die IGP Alatra vereinigt uns auf der Grundlage des geistlichen Wissens. Jes gain hasarakakan sharjum Alatra yeshurjanaknerum irakanasmen basmativ hasarakakan sozialakan mishakutein tragder am. When I first met the Oletra International Public Movement, I understood that there are a people, a lot of people with good intentions across the globe. There are people from different walks of life, different nationalities, religions, professions, and so on. There are Hindus, Muslims, Christians, Buddhists, and all of them are united by a common idea, the desire for unity. Regardless of nationality, religion, Alatra International Public Movement is one where love, kindness and sincerity are embodied in the actions of everyday people. Now I would like to give floor to Anichka to talk a little bit about how your project the universal grain, how important it is today for people who participate and how it unites the whole world. We are also pleased to note the fact that it turns out there are people who share our opinion. They are all over the world and there are many of them, and thank God, and thanks to those people that they exist. This makes us happy and it shows that at least we are not spending our time for nothing, the time that we could spend on something else. But we spend it on communicating with you a little, and at least explaining something in some way. 
Yes, indeed. The Universal Grain Project today is just an enormous opportunity for every person, no matter which religion or nationality he belongs to, to indeed look deeper into all these world scriptures and that single universal grain that lies in the basis. Now, participants of the Universal Grain Project, they communicate and interview researchers from around the world as well as people in social surveys. And what we observed was an enormous interest of people from totally different different countries who join this, and they join due to a sincere motive of really getting to the bottom of it, because, well, during conference calls, people from CIS countries, from countries of Americas, countries of the North, East, Far East, people share very similar stories of what they were searching for, meaning they were searching and were often in a spiritual pursuit. And indeed, all people who sincerely tried to find God, who feel this inner core, they belong to different religions, and everybody searches for Him, really searches, while everything is simple. It is simple, and they share that… One wants to get to the bottom of it. Yes! And there's an interesting point here. When people start dealing with this, when they start looking at their own religion with their eyes open, they begin to really understand the fact that God does exist. They begin to have not simply faith as was imposed on them, they start having confidence that verges on the knowledge. Even when they don't possess experience, people begin to feel this is the truth, and that's wonderful. And this feeling, it urges one to share it further. That is why, indeed, there are right. very many initiatives currently undertaken, such as every person, for instance, somebody knows language, maybe even not perfectly, but he uses such as already for the purpose of applying the knowledge for the benefit, for unification of people. Or, for example, people involve their friends, acquaintances, people of totally different occupations join in and reveal such a research potential in themselves, which they didn't realize beforehand. And People are indeed so inspired with this idea of unification, because in fact everyone feels inside. That is, you know, there is such a sincere sensation that has ripened in everyone, in every person, on any continent, in every city. That is, as if people are waiting for this. And this is so. It's a necessity. It is indeed a necessity. After all, in reality, very many people, they feel what's happening to climate. They feel what's going on with the world in general. And they feel such a need that today actually has very much ripened for spiritual development, spiritual evolution. From what they're told, they don't find the answer to their inner questions. And so people try to figure it out on their own. And when they start finding answers, naturally all barriers collapse. This is the truth. Yes, indeed, and understanding. We see this now, and this cannot bring nothing but joy, only because it provides a chance. But what kind of chance, we'll discuss a bit later. I'm sorry. Indeed, it is as you say, obstacles are crumbling. People are noting that exactly in Alatra they find this true inner feeling, what they were looking for, what you were talking about. This is the real knowledge, real internal knowledge that is aimed at understanding that one and the same thing lies at the basis of any religion, when a person has already come into contact with one teaching and another teaching, we hear such stories from Korea, London, from completely different corners of the world, one and the same story that the person was looking here and there, the person was scratching the surface, but here there are such stories that people literally read the first two books or watched a program, that's it, they have already grasped the essence, they've started feeling and immediately they call, they say we want to act, we want to try something as volunteers to do something in order 
to unite. This is because we are telling the truth and we are talking about the essence. We share experiences and also, most importantly, we do not need anything from people. This is the most fundamental factor. Because all the institutions that are being built, this is understandable, we live in the material world and funds are needed for those institutions to exist. And as these are consumer institutions, then naturally a small metamorphosis takes place here, when the truth turns into, politely speaking, a source of income and existence of this organization. With us it is all different. With us, everyone who wants to, does whatever is possible. If one does something, he does it himself. Nobody is asking anyone for anything. We just do what we like, what we want and what we strive for. That's the whole point. Of course, many people are baffled by this. They ask questions, even what about the filming studio? Where do the cameras come from? Where is all this from? Well, everything belongs to people. Just people? Just people. It belongs to those who brought it. It's theirs. Just like this room and everything else. This is private property of different people. But we use it, same as we share our property also. But again, we share in the first place for the people. Yes, we spend time, earn some money, but we do not let those funds go for self-consumption, let's say. We try to make something with it, to create something. For us, these funds are just a source of certain capabilities, nothing more. And these funds are not to make us rich as individuals in any case. That would be ridiculous and wrong. There are people who had come to us feeling that here there is something called power, same a lot. And many seek precisely this, like seeking magic in order to gain some kind of power to improve their material lives or to fulfill their hidden desires out of pride. Naturally, not getting this, they criticize Alatra a bit. They say, and what did you receive? Sorry, this is not a sales outlet that sells or distributes something. With us, everything is open. And we tell and give everything to people. We tell them what they will face. These are people who share their experience, their real spiritual experience, what they are experiencing on their path, and what they have experienced. These skills which they receive, they do not hide them, they share them. They really talk about it. And there is another interesting point. As a matter of fact, from time immemorial, everything has always been based on some mystery, on what we don't see with the naked eye. This attracts consciousness very much. This is indeed attractive for what? For consciousness, for spiritually free people. And many have confirmed this. People feel this. They are not surprised at this. While for consciousness, it is alluring. And mystery has always been alluring for consciousness. Consciousness. And that is what many people have used, turning elementary knowledge into a great sacrament. They covered it with darkness, with some secret actions, some ritual, and, well, chose a role of such mediators. The issue is in something else. All this secret and invisible, it really attracts people. Yet, what is attracted? First and foremost, human consciousness is attracted. Why? Because all this verges on some magic. It verges on something unexplored, on some phenomena and so on. Although 
In fact, in my opinion, it is much more interesting when people engage in spiritual self-development. That is when real miracles begin. When they stop playing spirituality, I would say it gently and carefully. After all, in actual fact, very many people simply create an appearance of being engaged in their own spiritual development, and they are totally satisfied with that. Whereas, as a matter of fact, this is just a play. This is like when a person takes a certain image and tries to correspond to it for a certain while, when in public or when he feels bored and wants to amuse himself with something. At that, spiritual development cannot be a play, it is life. Here, when people really begin to live, live by their own spiritual development, when they strive for freedom, for the real internal freedom, not the illusory one imposed by consciousness, as it's impossible to find freedom that comes from consciousness, but the spiritual freedom, that sincere, true love, which is, say, given to a person only through work, true work on oneself. This is when real miracles begin. As a matter of fact, there are a great number of people who feel what you are talking about now, and they feel it, even simply coming in touch with the knowledge at some level, whether through programs or books, and an action immediately awakens inside. And this action, it causes a situation that even a person who is alone is worth a thousand, because one begins to undertake so much, like, you know, to activate all the resources and capabilities right. in order to communicate this further, in order to... And here also a little phenomenon is hidden. Why a person, when he encounters true knowledge, gains the first spiritual experience, a real experience, not an illusion imposed by consciousness on him or that someone tells him about, but indeed an experience? Why does his or her working capacity increase many times? Because he becomes free, he is spiritually free, he is internally free from this entire material burden, and the person understands that he can make other people just as free, that other people also can come to feel what he feels, and that this feeling of boundless happiness, it is exactly the happiness people are striving for. It is that genuine freedom which people fight for. It turns out to be close by. And a person cannot do anything but share such an understanding, such a revelation. This emerges from within. That is why this happens. After all, nobody forces them, nobody asks. It's an internal desire and an internal aspiration, and also an understanding of that responsibility which arises inside, the responsibility, first and foremost, for those people who are simply drowning. Naturally, Alatra has an enormous advantage only because we talk about the truth which exists. We talk about how, while others say that you are obliged. We don't say that anyone is obliged to anyone. A human being is free in his choice, and he has the right even to make mistakes. When a person comes being controlled by consciousness, he still comes while feeling. It is precisely his internal that drives the personality to start growing spiritually. 
evolving spiritually. And exactly as Anishka has said, people see the truth. They gain freedom from the first words, from initial understandings. When they understand that their consciousness is lying, it divides. When people understand that it is enough to just eliminate consciousness and what is left, precisely directives of consciousness should be eliminated. And it turns out that there is no separation. It turns out there is only love. And this love, it unites all people. And all people are equal. And all people are one big family. Whereas borders, something else, politics, these are conventionalities which have been created, which exist in the modern world. Yet this is not a decisive factor. These are only conditions of existence of their bodies. But in spiritual sense, all people are relatives. They're closer than fellow men. But consciousness tells totally different things. I have said more than once that even in families they place barriers. In a small human social cell, people are unable to put things in order. It is in religions or in the secular world. Yes, we are a brother, a sister and so on. Every person understands, I mean the one who possesses experience, and I'm addressing our people. There is no gender, and this is the entire phenomenon. The soul or personality, it has a gender difference only when it comes to its body in which it is located and the dictation of consciousness. Consciousness, it always manipulates, always dictates lots of desires, differences, everything else. But when a person gains freedom, he becomes that angel, an asexual being. And in this lies the paradox. And here there is a huge organization, a community, well, no matter how we call it, but people start to feel each other, simply near and dear ones. It's just, let's say, a single hole in a multitude. This is the point, and for many this is, let's say, this way for those people who are not working on themselves and do not understand the essence of Alatra, exactly this is incomprehensible. And consciousness always strives for what? For power over another over one's own kind. But the personality never strives for this. That is the paradox. A person who is free from system patterns, free from what in religious is called the devil, he has nothing but love. Yes, there is an urge. Yes, there is a great aspiration to help. Yes, they do things, they tell about it. But at the same time, they are free from all the sacraments or something else. After all, there is no mystery at Alatra. What's more, for many people who first encounter Alatra, what is it that they don't understand? Why, overall, what attracts people here? When a person is on, say, such positions, such confirmed positions of consciousness, when he is completely under control, then consciousness is completely bewildered. What can attract people in such numbers to Alatra? In that same knowledge, even reading the books, some people, filtering them through their consciousness, through their vision, the only thing they develop in themselves is a kind of envy and hatred. But again, those who are engaged in spiritual development, they understand perfectly well that the same envy, the same hatred coming from the consciousness, it is precisely that guardian that holds one back, that closes a person off from spiritual truths. This is self-placing. Yes, or when a person puts himself in some hero's place or something else, 
That is, you do not have to be like someone else, you should be yourself. The fact that people make the mistake of trying to, say, get a lot of material wealth for themselves at the expense of the spiritual, well, that's certainly wrong. And we are talking about this, that it's not right to ask God for anything but spiritual salvation. This is right. But the consciousness of every, let's say, not free, immature personality, it manipulates them, and people are prone to make mistakes. It is a different matter when a person makes the final choice, when a person realizes his mistakes and he simply understands that he did something foolish. He has an internal catharsis. A different person comes to us then. He is not the one he was, but a new personality comes. But that's his right, his choice. When a person opens up at least a little and perceives that truth that is laid out even in that same Alatra, or the one that is given by people who gained this experience themselves, then people, gaining spiritual freedom through Alatra, they begin to understand their religions. They start to appreciate them in a different way and respect them. This is also important, it is also good. And in fact, I do not remember such cases when someone left their religion or changed to a different one or something else in Alatra. In everyday life, this happens often and every day. But an understanding comes why there is one ritual or another, what they wanted to say by that. It is clear that there is a lot of chaff as well, which they also start to understand. Well, sorry, side effects of true knowledge. People feel this today also, namely in the universal grain, they raise a lot of these questions. Catharsis is needed everywhere, and this is normal, there is nothing wrong with that. And again, people created this, people wrote it, people invented rituals and the like. Once they were relevant, now they are incomprehensible for many. But most of these same rituals or the same performances, they are necessary simply as a historical fact. Let it be staged, some kind of a theatrical action, but it still makes people think about God. Is that bad? That's already good. It's again like that same theater. The play was written before, but it's being staged today, and we understand how people lived before. It is the same here. After all, this is our history. How can we forget or neglect it? This is the legacy of our ancestors, after all. It is important also, but we must not forget about spiritual salvation. No one will walk your path except you, guys. This is also important. In fact, religions bring a lot of good into this life. Those same morals, the same history, and again, the spiritual experience of people for whom the spiritual heritage which they share, it should not be left out. After all, it is built on the prophets, it is built on gods, and this is important, it is necessary in reality. And whoever wants to and strives for God, then forgive me, but no institution will prevent a person from coming to God. This is his inner affairs, this is his, let's say, life which he himself acquires. Yes, and... And we are just talking about the simplicity of the past. And we're just talking about knowledge, nothing more. 
the fact that indeed no one will walk their path other than the person. People talk about this. Now the participants of the Universal Grain Project, they communicate and interview scientists from around the world, as well as people in social surveys. And people, they talk very lively on this topic. And all is one, they know that, well, even in English, in all languages, people from India, Africa, America, they say that we feel and see that a person, he needs to have his own relationship with God. And he does not need a middleman. That is, people, it's just amazing that the first, for example, people who we meet on our way, they talk about this. People of different races, different nationalities, of course, by slightly different associations and examples, depending Again, on culture, but culture, the essence is one, and people see this. It's important that people understand this essence, and they understand its unifying aspect. What divides is a slightly different mentality, languages. Again, if we touch upon those same forms of verbal communication, yes, after all, there are many languages, technical languages in the literal sense of the word. They do not even have the concept of soul and conscious or in these they are completely languages, mixed up. or they are distorted completely. They are also mixed up with the word consciousness. These are, of course, the this most… This is also a very serious factor, but thank God, people remain people. As they were personalities internally striving toward God, so they remain. And it is enough for them to touch the truth even a little bit, as this flame, the flame of God's love, is lit up in them. You cannot say this otherwise. And then, of course, they are ready to warm the entire world with their flames. This is wonderful. This is important. This is necessary. Participants of the Alatra International Public Movement from more than 140 countries of the world have become very actively involved in the process of searching, analyzing, researching all the universal grains that underlie our lives and which are really the basis of all religions. People speak openly and truthfully about the fact that only consciousness separates us, and people unite, and the common spiritual riches, which are one for all, unite us. And how the discovery of common grains, universal to all religions, helps to discover and nurture in oneself this spirit of unity, friendship and mutual understanding, which in fact is natural for the life of a human and all mankind. The Universal Grain Project unites people all over the planet on the basis of inner spiritual values. Thanks to the Universal Grain Project, I began to study spiritual sources, and everywhere a single grain can be traced. And now already has come an understanding that the consciousness divides us to please its material desires. Despite this fact, we all have a single essence, the spiritual essence. Thanks to the participation in the Universal Grain Project, I have gained a lot of interesting rewards, those that come from the heart. Thank you, Alatra, for giving me such a chance. At Alatra, all people are kind and sincere, good people, curious and open to everything new. And it's really great that the activity of Alatra increases even more. Universal Grain will bridge communities from all over the world. Scientists, scholars, researchers, historians. I salute your movement and the Universal Grain. 
By studying etymology, it is possible to restore how our ancestors thought and to come a little closer to the Supreme One. In ancient societies, their mythology, so to speak, it was very real and it was part of their society and it was indeed um, a code of moral value. We need to search not only in religion, we need to search in science, and we need to search in art. We should search for this universal grain in everything. To try and follow uh, the knowledge that we gather from our experience, from uh, understanding other cultures and other ways. and. Well, you see that, um, in spite of what many people think, is the ancient Egyptians were not very, um, not focused on death. They were very focused on life. You can call it love, you can call empathy, you can call it God. We have different words for that, but we have that feeling, So, and that's uh, what unites us. I think we're all united by the soul and the fact that we're people. What do you think helps people live at peace? I understand that we're all people, everyone is the same, a person, and I think that it is very important to understand this. And I consider everyone as like my fellow human beings. Toshi, in your opinion, what unites all people, regardless of country and nationality? Is there something internal which is similarly common to all people? Inside, in the heart, every person, all people on Earth have such inner warmth. And this is, you can say, energy, which unites people. And thanks to it, the world is getting better. Allah created us so that we could all be brothers, so that all people in the world would live in harmony with each other. Holiness is not something utopian. This is the primary duty of a human. There's something that you always feel, it's like something that you feel between the people. And only this feeling inside, in the heart, I can trust. Inside, we're all united by one common spirit. We're all one, all of us. What can you say that unite whole people? I, I think uh, what matters most is what you have inside, inside you. And uh, I think what unites people most is the reason that we are on this on this planet to find who you are you know to to know how to con because we have every resources inside us thanks to this project i have understood this single whole in practice i learned that which unites people on the entire earth the Universal Grain Project is wonderful. In this project I have understood what real interaction, cooperation is. As a whole, in all projects of the Alatra movement, I discover for myself this real interaction and unity with people. I am very grateful that I have the opportunity to participate. You are doing an absolutely right, necessary work. What you do is create and convey to every person and to his particle the soul and of course that a huge result of your work would have an effect would bring great benefits to all people for the sake of good peace and love and in conclusion i would like to address all participants of alatra all over the world what you are doing it is sacred it is necessary to continue the movement those projects that you are doing change humanity at the spiritual and moral levels. 
And it's great that you are proceeding actively. Changes are necessary, and the changes begin with us. I support good in action. Thank you. Thank you. Knowledge of history helps to shape tomorrow, it is true. People who ignore their history, they forget not only what happened, but they do not understand what is happening now. And this is an important point. Igor Mikhailovich, to the issue of history. It's impossible not to take notice of the fact that history is presented to modern civilization and, in general, is considered primarily from the point of view of political events. This is just an instrument. Unfortunately, many use history as a tool to achieve their political goals. Well, not only political, but also economical. And as a rule, these are private interests of certain groups of people. Because of this, much was substituted. We don't need to go far. If we look, let's say, at the same ancient Egypt, yes? One pharaoh came, immediately erased the names of the other and wrote his own. This is human nature. But we are talking about history that cannot be erased, about the history that really was, and it is in the memory. Today we find a lot of evidence about those same megaliths and the like, about the so-called preceding civilization, that is, the previous civilization, which had a much higher development than the modern civilization. They did and created what we are not able to do today. But history is silent about it, and our existence as of a species, of a human, an intelligent being, it only accounts for eight to ten thousand years, whereas it turns out, twelve thousand years ago and more, there was a civilization that surpassed us. But many historians say that this does not exist. There is no confirmation, no data. Well, what can you say? Well, if no, then so be it. For them there isn't, for others there is. Thus, it turns out that history it's like a hostage to politics. Although, in fact, history in the past was taught precisely from the point of view of spiritual knowledge. But it was a little different history. It was not so much history as legacy. Precisely, spiritual legacy was presented. And history was regarded in a different manner. After all, for today, history, it is again a tool of manipulation, no more. It is in the service of the one called the devil in religions, or, let's say, the interests of the system, the consciousness of people, their material interest. Only that and nothing more. Naturally, there used to be times when history was the source of spiritual inspiration, let's say, of people. But the thing is, that if we don't consider history precisely from the point of view, as you say, of spiritual legacy, then it's indeed impossible to understand anything. Neither the reasons, nor the consequences of the events that are really behind that political theater, which is unfolded and presented to modern humanity. But this is again one of the tools. 
Why was history rewritten and is being rewritten in the modern world? Why is that same legacy being erased? Once I mentioned the Alad sisters. Once upon a time, one of the first Muslims, Arab nomads, they in fact accepted and knew that Allah had a wife, Alad. It was their faith, it was their religion. After all, what was the attitude towards Alad? The interpretations again of those same first Muslims in this respect, and what was happening in the years that followed. In the course of all these centuries, any mention of Alad was destroyed. But before Islam, Alad, it was that which was considered the power of God, and everyone knew about it. And this sign, here we have in the cube on the table, we find it in Trepilia, and excuse me, in America and around the world, signs that date back to 12,000 years ago or more. This baffles archaeologists as well. They say, well, an artifact that cannot be, right? As well as megaliths, as well as the consequence of nuclear explosions and everything else. But, interestingly, at the previous meeting, you mentioned the great thinker, Sheikh Mir Said Bereke, who wrote the treatise Omnipotence on the border of 14th, 15th centuries. In his treatise, Bereke touched upon and described almost all aspects of human life, the life of civilization and the universe. And what is interesting, he began his treatise precisely with history. After all, in fact, the ancient sages, and this has reached us, and you already said this today, that anyone who doesn't know the history is doomed to live through it again. And in the treatise Omnipotence, Bereke began precisely with the history of the fall of Atlantis. And he told both the historical preconditions and events that preceded and the reasons why Atlantis was destroyed. And by whom? And by whom? Yes. And this treatise, as we know, it was accessible to people not for long. Well, for almost 200 years. Yes, 200 years. And it was transferred by Tamerlane at the request of Bereke to the subsequent custodians of knowledge, right? The so-called Alayars. The so-called Alayars. That's right. And 200 years later, at the end of 16th century, people of the great Primaras, they stole this work, but they did not completely steal, they won it, but yes, the element of theft was also present there. Everything valuable gets usurped by someone. After all, this treatise could nullify the whole institution, which was built over a period of, let's say, 1600 years. And if it had been made public, and then already, why they went to extreme measures, this also needs to be taken into account. After all, a lot of different books began to be published then, knowledge began to come into fashion. And it is enough to imagine that some alayah would have taken and openly published the omnipotence treaties, even in a shortened version, without elements of magical powers, attainment of these forces, so to say, 
but in a simple, dry form. At least, he would have recounted that same history. The institutions would be over. Yes. But, as you have already said, Mir Said Bereke was Alayar. And... Well, he was one of the latest Alatyars. Well, already closer to Alayar, yes. Yes. And anyway, he was called Alayar during his lifetime. Yes, and as it has already been said, that in the Alatyar's tradition there was precisely verbal transfer of knowledge. Whereas the writing of this treaty's omnipotence, this was an extreme measure connected with certain events. So, um, and the point is that, here is one remarkable point, that together with the treaties, which Timur transferred to subsequent custodians, the very principle of conveyance of knowledge was transferred as well. A tradition. Yes, the tradition The tradition itself. of preserving the truth. Yes, right. It's precisely the verbal transfer itself, meaning, despite the fact that the treaties itself was preserved by Alayars for 200 years, they also thoroughly studied it, so that it could be transferred in oral form. And strictly speaking, in spite of the fact that the very treaties was usurped at the end of the 16th century, Sufi Alayar was born in 1616. Yes, this is the famous poet, philosopher, mystic of the 17th century. So this knowledge was transferred to him. And he also set forth this knowledge in his treatise already at the end of the 17th century. This treatise, as well as the verbal conveyance of knowledge, he also transferred. The treatise on eternity. Yes, the treatise on eternity. And already treatise on eternity by Sufi Alayar. It has come down to our days and has been preserved. Time doesn't spare anything. Of course, it's already quite decrepit, and something is missing there. And now you should agree, it is difficult to translate it. The condition of this treatise is not very good. But this is not so important. The main thing is what is still preserved in it. Yes, uh, strictly speaking, why have I mentioned it now? Because this is directly related to those topics which we have touched upon now, in history in particular. And the last part of the treatise regarding the so-called last times, Sufi Alayarnid. And once it was also called the times of the crossroads. About the last times, this is already again the influence which Sufi himself was subjected to. And again, the same traditions and the use of the same knowledge, they already went more in such a human, primitive way. After all, the very essence of spiritual development was lost. And if we look at that same Sufi Alayar, because many will start exalting him, although he made a great contribution to the spiritual development and mainly for Muslims, for Turkic peoples, but also for many others, not only Turkic. He was esteemed and, let's say, rather earnestly, because he possessed the real knowledge. But how did he use it? But if we look, who was he? Who were his brothers? They used it for power. A bit, just a little bit for themselves, but it was for power. This is again usurpation, again the use of those same powers and knowledge for one's own personal gain. Why? Because even before Bereke, 
That same Bereke already used this knowledge as magic. Let's recall the story about Tamerlane. If there was no Bereke, there would have been Temu, whom history would not even have remembered. And there were thousands of such people, but he became Tamerlane. And the fact that Tamerlane himself was awarded the great honor of being buried near the feet of Bereke himself, speaks about who Bereke was in reality. The whole mysticism, even the fact itself, and the fact really was, that when Tamerlane's tomb is opened, a great war will start. This was really written down, and so it happened. This is the fact, this is history. But the point is that the war started not because they had opened it, but here was an ordinary, let's say, precognition, yes, of people who wrote this, and there was an understanding that it would be opened exactly when the war would start. Here there is simply a coincidence of circumstances. If they wanted and opened it a year or five years earlier, then the war would not have started, and they were obliged to open it precisely when the war started. And there are many such attachments. Well, and to what else? Again, that he used knowledge as a tool for exalting himself and gaining personal power. And Bereke's power was enormous. Sufi Alayar had lesser, but also a significant one, and he too was far from poor, let's say, from using knowledge. And this is also the point, this is the truth, this is life. And if we read, well, thank God we do read, well, maybe God willing, and others will read his treaties. And again, the whole meaning and interest of Sufi himself is evident in it. If we take other works of his, which he wrote for people, yes, not for those initiated into the secret of Alayars, but for ordinary people. After all, there too, there was a lot of, lot of spiritual and a lot from the consciousness, because they lost exactly that, which the Allah sisters were giving to the world. After all, they were giving pure knowledge. They talked about love, about unifying love. And they were saying that the powers of Allah, the powers of God, a person can use only for the spiritual. And his physical strength he must use to get bread. Meaning matter must take care of matter, and spirit only of spirit. There is a great temptation, I understand, that one wants to use the powers, well, a little bit for oneself. Consciousness is a great trickster. Quite right, and again, it showed its imprint. Undoubtedly, this is an interpretation. And here one should not forget that and if we take the two treaties on eternity, yes, and on omnipotence by Bereke, then again we will find huge differences in them. The essence remained the same, but there are additions from people. But look, because the first Alatyas who carried knowledge, and prior to Bereke, that which he wrote, after all, the changes which occurred, of course, were serious, but they were much less distorted than after 200 plus years. After all, Sufi brought changes into Bereke's treaties, and he had Bereke's treaties on the Eternal, much more than in so many thousands of years.
And the paradox lies in this. You shouldn't do that which you shouldn't do. It leads to something bad. They say, is it possible to kill a dragon who guards a cave with gold? It's impossible. Why? By killing him, you will become him. This is the point. Well, in the last section of his treatise, Sufi Aliyah described the so-called last times. If we take our civilization, there are a lot of coincidences, and many of them precisely in small details, literally. For instance, he wrote that there would be about 8 billion people on the planet. He described explicitly the technical state of the civilization, meaning the level of technical development. The end of times, technical progress, energy consumption. Yes. Well, hydrocarbons were already being used in his time a little. But in any case, he wrote also about renewable energy sources and that the sun... About the means of communication, about everything, yes that people would not need to have great secret knowledge in order to hear one another, that it would be enough to have in their pockets. Yes. Yes, that's true. He also told of the fact, we have already mentioned this today, that time would accelerate significantly. And he gave great emphasis to climatic changes and to geophysical ones, which will happen to our planet. This is inevitable. Here the parallel comes out, precisely with the beginning of the treatise of Bereke, who started precisely with the story of demolition, with the story of the fall of Atlantis. And if we draw parallels, we will find a lot. That is why we need history. Of course. Knowing the past, we know about the future. That's the point.
Now, if we look at the current situation today, well, some deny global warming, some fight for it. But this is, frankly speaking, once again, this is a tool of profit for many. And what's happening today behind the window, this is not the result or rather not a consequence of human activities, right? This is not an anthropogenic factor. It is not the result of activity, let's say, of the development of civilization, the emissions and everything else. It has an effect, but here I would compare the influence of anthropogenic factor on global warming. I apologize for such an example. It is a little bit unkind, but it gives an understanding. When a person fell ill, for example, with oncology and medicine has already given up, it cannot do anything. So the doctors threw up their hands saying, sorry, you don't have much time left. And the person, at the same time, continues to break his diet and he's smoking on top of it, the scoundrel. And that's when doctors come to the conclusion that smoking will kill him. You understand? Well, today we have a similar situation here. What is happening is one of the cycles which we are entering into, and it is inevitable. And the human factor, well, it is the same as smoking with our poor patient, you see? Meaning, yes, we are dramatizing a little bit, a day or two, not more than that. In fact, this is in general a very serious topic, and we have been telling about it long ago. Now, many are talking about it, but very few here. And again, the information which is presented, it is the same as crying wolf, wolf. Yes, the boy, when the flock is already surrounded by wolves, then it does not matter how much one cries, nobody believes it anymore. And in fact, we are already seeing it outside the window. The report on climate changes, which was written a while ago, it tells about it in more detail, though also in general terms. We can't, unfortunately, we can't. We have no right to bring it all, let's say, into the society, the same way as NASA has done, let's say, in regards to the 1st of February 2019. For 15 years they were observing the asteroid. Here it is approaching. They posted it for four days and what a stir started. They withdrew it, saying that it will fly past. But in reality nobody knows if it comes here or does not come, whether it will fly past us or it will not. This is for now a considered question, but a threatening one, because it it can change very many things and abruptly, well, even if it does not come. And here follows a point, whether a person will maintain a diet and smoke or he won't. Again, we come back to our patient. Clearly, that asteroid, which is supposed to come here, it will not destroy the whole planet. Well, but it can damage one of the continents. Many people will die, but the majority may survive. But it will accelerate the process itself. The same way smoking accelerates the process of oncology development for that patient, which we gave as an example. It leads to fatality and inevitably. But we've got many things that lead to something not good. And in general, Maybe this is fair. Many will say, how is this unfair? But this is life. But what do we do in reality just honestly? Just hand on heart. What do we do to make life better? The life of all people, not just one's own. Well, isn't that right? Everyone is taking care of himself. Here, 
We are seven and a half billion people, yes? As of today. Well, almost, it's already closer to it, to that number which Sufi voiced. But at the same time, who is concerned about humanity as about one unified family? No, everybody is concerned with himself. Religions are separated. They believe in one God, but for each of them God is, for some reason, exactly from their side. This diamond shines better. And from the other sides, it doesn't. All politicians are separated. Everybody thinks about his own stuff. Well, in politics, behind the politicians, there is business and interests of some people, of certain groups. But it does not matter how much a businessman eats, it all will end sometime. Isn't this right? After all, a person cannot eat more than what fits into him. Excuse me for such an example, but this is true. How much does a person need? Nothing. But other people also get affected by this example, and they say in such cases, but this is not fair, and God is not fair. But God has nothing to do with this at all. This is all a consequence of our actions. And if we look closely into, well, we won't be able to look into the treaties of Bereke, but again, even Sufi Alayar, in his treatise, where he describes the last days, he says that there is only one possibility for people to change things and survive, and it is unlikely that they will resort to it. It is unlikely that they will resort to it. He says it exactly like that. This possibility still exists. And what is needed and why does he say it this way? Well, let's take a closer look. Just simply imagine it. God forbid. It will start now, right now. What will happen? The death of very many people will lead to the destruction of states as institutions. What will be formed? Gangs. Those gangs that are well armed, they will take a piece of bread away from children and everyone else. Humanity has been through this and more than once. Isn't that right? They will fight for survival. At least one more day, though there will be an understanding that we are all going there. Will somebody be able to resist that, in order to unite people, to calm them down, to share that remaining which is left and to create something new, meaning one unified world like that? No, nobody will do this. Everybody will be surviving and fighting for themselves. Isn't that right? It is. And what are people doing now so that this does not happen? Nothing. If this isn't right, well, tell me, any one of you, what have you done since today's morning? What did you do yesterday for the unity of all people, for people to become better, purer, for yourself, so that you yourself become better, purer, more honest, in order to awaken love and respect for your neighbor in yourself? But what for? A simple question. I am fine already, yes, meaning I have to fight to accumulate something to survive and so on. Again, the animal nature. The animal nature starts to dominate in a person in case of some danger. It is a self-preservation instinct, a survival instinct. But excuse me, if people turn into a herd, then the result is inevitable. And this was told about not only by Bereke or Sufi Alayar. This was told about long before them, and not once. The history, it is repeating, and one does not need to have a gift of foresight or something else in order to say what will be. Again, we are telling about this and telling about this for a long time. Well, thank God, yes, many hear us now. But those many who hear, 
They're indeed a grain of sand out of almost 8 billion people. Isn't that right? People will listen to us more seriously when the boot will creak. I mean Italy and what will happen there. And we are voicing this now. It is then that people will start to think that maybe we are right. But again, after starting to think, getting distracted by something, a person will again get involved in the same things he usually does. He will not go to the neighbor and say, neighbor, let's just simply talk, you and I, about the soul, heart to heart, or does not matter how, just like human beings, not with a bottle, let's have a drink, you and I, but let's talk about the eternal. Well, can you imagine this on Mars? It's hard, right? Here, Anishka even started to smile, because this is, in fact, hard to imagine. Well, then one can take a bottle, go to the neighbor and say, let's commemorate each other, and this will be right. And these are not cries wolf-wolf. This is inevitability, which is here, outside the window. I will say it's simpler. It is not in my habit to predict something, to give forecasts. Well, I will simply now briefly say for our esteemed businessmen that I would not make long-term investments into many countries, including, for example, the United States of America, Japan and China. I simply wouldn't. I don't have anything against and I'm not predicting anything. These are facts which cannot be erased. And in general, what are investments? What is money? A little time will pass. A piece of paper, it will remain a piece of paper. I will not even mention these cryptocurrencies or something else. It will all disappear in an instant. And what then? But humanity, which would be able to unite, to unite in love and respect as one family, which it should be in fact, all this humanity, it would be able to withstand anything. It is clear that in any case it is too late to turn the history around and do something. No matter how much we want it, we will not be able to come to that. We have passed that time for everything to go smoothly, and so that there would be no catastrophes. There will be. This is already inevitable. The question is, how we will get through this period of time, with what outcome, as that patient who I have told about, who continued to smoke and break diet in spite of the diagnosis, and what it will end with, same as it will for him, or there will be a chance to survive after all, to survive and moreover for the majority of humanity. And it is precisely here where the legend is born, which used to be back in those times, that only the faithful ones will survive. And it was not meant that they would gain life eternal here for some services to someone, no. What was meant was banal history, which is repeating. It is clear that only those who unite in a different understanding will be able to survive, not by physical factor, who is stronger and has more weapons and who can take away something from someone, though given the modern development of the situation, it will be that way. But this is also not for long. Everything ends, and very quickly, and the conditions are extremely hard. Well, and everything will end. Or there is a different possibility. When people take decisive steps, and here it was talked about exactly, 
the fact that they will be able to unite and will be able to resist, then it will not be scary when some people move from one point on the planet to another. We will find room everywhere. We can take turns sleeping and working. The main thing is that everyone is alive and fed. Isn't that right? And everyone is in love. But this is possible only if an understanding is reached in every family, in every person, and when all of humanity becomes one family. And this is possible only based on the truth, on love, on true spiritual freedom. Otherwise, everything will be terrible. In recent years, we have seen the migration of just small groups of people. What did this lead to? Collision of two cultures. It was a disaster for so many people. Isn't it so? People come to another culture with their own, with their traditions. They don't understand each other, because first of all, they are divided by their consciousness. But what if they really respected and really loved each other? Would they act this way, both one side and the other? Those would not consider them to be refugees and second-class people. And these would respect the people they came to. They came to visit. How can you not respect the owner? Or how can you not respect the guest? So again, on the one hand, the believers came, they came to whom? To other believers. Both are believers. Then, excuse me, in whom do they believe? If they behave this way, whom do they serve? Or am I wrong here? Asking simple questions. I understand that one can dispute my words and talk a lot about God. But to talk about God and to live by God, this is a huge difference, and this is true. To act in the way that befits spiritual people and to talk about it, the difference is huge too. Therefore, everything is in the humanity's hands, while there is still a chance. Well, this chance is only articulated, but whether it will be used by people or not, again, depends on each person. Will those people, like Anishka was saying, become inspired by the truth when it is boiling inside and one wants to heat with all this warmth because, because he has felt this love, because he has understood this truth, because he has realized that consciousness is deceitful? Is it not so? The more of people who understand, the more of people who stop playing at spirituality, but really start to live according to God's covenants. Not according to the covenants that some people tell others, but according to the true covenants, the inner ones. Everyone knows them. Is it not so? This is the point. Then it will be better for everyone. Well, this is life, and the choice is left up to people. And the fact that the climate events are unfolding today, unfortunately, in support of our words, and not only our words, in confirmation again of the words of that same Sufi and many others, this is the reality of today. catastrophic consequences on a global scale for the civilization as a whole. Quante più persone possibile dalle macerie delle case, case Il lancio di una trentina di feriti e di danni sono ingenti.
un tsunami que arrastró toda la costa noroeste. Researchers know these events. For instance, British scientists confirm that, for example, the Earth has started slowing down, and over the last 700 years it has slowed down, as they have already measured by 4 milliseconds. It doesn't seem much, but… It is disastrous. Yes, but in actual fact it does lead to a major disaster. The thing is that when the Earth revolves, it is slightly flattened. Centrifugal forces. Yes, when it begins to slow down, it starts assuming a shape close to the shape of a sphere. Naturally, the area of the globe surface changes and there are tectonic faults. And that, correspondingly, um, the plates can either part or, on the contrary, lap over. Hence, researchers predict that, for instance, this year volcanic activity on the Earth is to increase at least two times. That is, they have approximately estimated that six to seven major earthquakes take place on average annually. This year they anticipate about 30 major earthquakes. And again, this is only an expectation, while the reality might turn out to be completely different. And we A see single serious one is enough. Yes, definitely, for entire humanity to perish. Again, um, we see climate changes that are currently taking place on Earth. Snowfalls in Sahara, Florida freezing over, crocodiles in the river freeze. By and large, what happens is that hot air is ousted from some areas of dry land, well, and hot air moves to other territories. Generally speaking, climatologists say that, for instance, in the European region, climate is determined by the two climatic columns. One is approximately the Arctic Ocean, and the second one is Sahara Desert. And if, say, Sahara starts freezing, this means warm air is moving to the European region. And we see, observe, that we celebrate the New Year without snow, and it is very warm here in our land. In actual fact, this is not a very good situation, because redistribution of the Earth's mass is taking place, because again, perpetual ices begin to melt, glaciers. Billions of tons. Billions of tons, yes. Moreover, there is a danger that, for example, if ice in the Arctic Ocean begins to melt, the ocean density may possibly change, since it will become more desalinated. And there, as we know, the Gulf Stream passes. Well, ends approximately in the area of Murmansk. A little further. If all this happens, the stream may simply stop. If it stops... Well, it is already slowing down, and this is noticeable. If it stops, there will be basically an ice age, which we had gone through. For a certain part there will be, while for the other part it will be the opposite. For the other part, yes, there will be a shark. This is not the most terrible thing that might happen to humanity. Certainly. The most terrible thing is that very seismic activity, because, again, due to the distribution of the Earth's mass. This is not the most terrible thing either. 
but it can cause a disaster. That very asteroid activity, the data, as far as I understand, you have probably manned the asteroid 2002 and T7. Quite right, yes. Well, it is much talked about, plenty yes, of scandalous written things. About. It has been expected, well, there is an asteroid hazard. But this isn't what should be feared. Yes, naturally. What should be feared is that we are separated and that each of us tries to dominate. As a result, even if we don't delve deeply into the climate change and look at the political situation, we might this is more than enough. Exterminate each other in an elementary way. Humanity has already gone through a nuclear war and rather disastrously. Well, not to mention asteroids, because there are plenty of huge asteroids traces on Earth. This is not a major trouble either. This can be easily overcome. It is impossible to fight with human choice, though. This is true. This is the freedom of choice. It is sacred. Hence, what people choose is what happens. As of today, unfortunately, the dark forces are winning. And this is also true. Everyone knows this. At that, the most amazing thing is that people, well, every person you speak to, he is a warrior of light, not less. But what does he do every day? Serves the system. This is also true, so how... Well, again, our emotions, our preferences, they also are formed. Are formed, yes. They form, among other things, a certain emotional field. Without fail, for sure. Which strongly influences that very Earth. And this does work. This really influences the environment and the Earth. Well, if you please, there's an example of poorly visible animals, so to say, flying ones, such as plasmoids. Well, Again, what attracts those plasmoids, those same emotions? For sure, of course. As I understand, they feed on them emotions. Hence, people should think when they exhibit anger, argue, hate somebody. Who benefits from this? When they envy. Who benefits from this? The one whom they feed. Yes, and what they're airing. Yes. Is this worth getting, say, domestic cats when they gather those plasmoids around themselves? I think this is so. A cat is visible, it may be stroked, it may be driven out. Whereas the invisible part, it is certainly more harmful for a human being. Exactly for this reason, we have demonstrated at least those videos. By the way, very many people have seen these plasmoids. Many write on the internet that, for instance, they can be often noticed on the pictures, even after a camera flash. There are very many of them. There are numerous. In comments under the videos, people constantly send their pictures, well, how they photograph plasmoids. Yes, because there are lots of them and they are all around. Everywhere where there are people, I will say simpler, everywhere where there is food, there is the one who will eat it. Exactly. This is normal. And look, the Earth's population is increasing, and that it turns out most of them if they are in the animal nature position let's call it hatred some kind of pride and desire to dominate then naturally negative energy increases on earth but while it's increasing it begins to concentrate in certain places and this naturally causes some disturbances purely natural ones without fail and of course, this will lead to a disaster. And even such a conclusion comes to mind based on the treatises mentioned by Andrei that 80 billion might be a critical point. No, by no means. Even our globe, it can hold even 50 billion, there is nothing terrible. And feed them and there will be nothing terrible. On the contrary, the Earth will flourish and no asteroids will threaten and 
earthquakes will be controllable. All this is possible. Yet again, now for someone, this sounds like a fairy tale, but all this is real. But in such case, a conclusion comes to mind that negative attracts negative. And you reap what you sow, and this is reality, this is the truth. And note, if we go back, people who have got inspired as of today, so many of them are responding. What do they say? When they lived an ordinary human life, not noticing those spiritual impulses inside themselves, how joyful that was at times, but dull, dull and dead. And now, when they have got inflamed, when they have felt and understood the essence, they start sharing. They share with other people and get inflamed even stronger. This is obviously yes. true. Yes, this is true. And the chains of events and fortuities do occur. That is, a person begins to share and events are formed in such a way that opportunities arise in order to further. And you know, this demonstrates such fact that indeed, should one person choose light inside oneself, this really gives rise to further enormous incredible chain, which consciousness cannot even foresee, chain of events that give rise to further impulse of unification and such internal understanding of this genuine that one wants to find, to discover, to unite. This is exactly what urges one to join the movement. Now there are a great number of people joining, and this process is constantly expanding, because every person not just wants to join, but immediately wants to act. Good creates good. And it turns out that humanity still has a chance to correct and change everything. Not everything. Not everything. But I will say this way, humanity has a chance to survive. There is a chance to survive if one changes the vector of one's development, if one comes to understand that... We have voiced the words of Sufi. Well, let's focus on them in order not to draw our own conclusions. We are only saying, people, let's love each other, let's be humans, worthy of being humans.